Good evening, Sportsonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aguilaro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. Coming to you live like we always do here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. And, of course, we will be rebroadcast uh, through our podcasting affiliates on Spotify and Google Podcasts and Anchor and also on Blackjack TV, care of Zingo TV uh, the next day. And we got a good show for you tonight. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to be looking back at week five in the NFL. Giants and Jets lose. No surprise there. Cowboys lose to the Packers. A whole bunch of other stuff to talk about. We have baseball playoffs going on right now. Uh, The Yankees swept the Minnesota Twins. And what was funny about that was, you know, me and Eric, we were talking last week and you know we said over and over you can't look past the twins uh to get ahead of yourself to go uh looking at the alcs you have to look at what's in front of you and apparently you could look past twins because for the first time ever there have been 33 teams that made the playoffs with over 100 wins and only one of them has gotten swept and that was the Minnesota Twins. So the Yankees will be in the ALCS starting Saturday. But it's interesting because right now, as we are taping this, we're in the bottom of the fourth inning, and the Tampa Bay Rays are up 4 to nothing over the Houston Astros. This is game four of the ALDS. And Tampa Bay is making a series out of it. Now, my cousin in the chat room is saying, loves seeing Verlander knocked around. Well, you know, he's only pitched on three days rest twice in his career, and he had a four-something ERA. And in all fairness, what, he went three and two-thirds. He gave up four runs. One of them was uh, the home run. And Okay. okay. So I looked at this wrong. I was going to say, well, he only gave up one three-run shot and a second home run. But, yeah, no, that didn't that didn't happen. So I was wrong on that. Um, it's nice, good for the Rays. I always kind of root for the Rays in passing because um, I, I had family in Florida. So I, I do like the Rays to an extent, and they are, a, they are a scrappy team. They're the team that never really looks – on paper, like a team that can do anything, and they always wind up hanging around. They won 90 games last year. Now they make the wild card, so it's nice to see them give it a go in this. I I still think the the Astros are going to wind up winning when all is said and done, so we'll just see what happens there. But with that, after a one-week absence, we welcome Dave Hastings back to the program. Dave, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, Mike. How about yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. I want to get this out of the way right now because I see my mother in the chat room. So, hi, Mom. Um, I, I I know she's listening because she thought we were going to talk about Joker tonight. Um, I, I do have to say right off the bat, Dave did not see Joker. So, we will not talk about Joker, which I, I think disappoints her a little bit. Uh, me and her actually saw Joker on Friday. And all I will say without spoiling it for you, Dave, it was a good movie. 
It's a good movie. I've heard nothing other than that. Not a single yep. person I know has complained of going to see it on Friday night. So Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh definitely get the sentiment that there's not enough hours for free time, though. I get that. So I hear you. Anyway. I know Eric said he's going to be a few minutes late, so um, i tell you what. You were gone last week. Where would you like to go first, my friend? Uh, I mean, honestly, I am uh, quite happy hockey's back. Uh, the goal by one of the Devils players the other night was maybe one of the craziest ones I've ever seen. Um, yeah? Rangers got a win on their opening uh, night in uh, MSG. Preseason basketball is going. I mean, I, 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 it's you know, prime time of the year, man. Best, best sports uh, stretch of the year is from October to. Well, if you're a baseball fan, it's you know, basically till the end of October. But as a, a non-baseball fan, for me, this October through February is my favorite time of the year for sports. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely the the period that has the most stuff going on. It always seems like there's something going on, so it definitely is great time uh, for sports right now. And I'll say this in terms of hockey, uh, I still haven't really watched that much hockey, but for some reason, I decided to go back into fantasy hockey. So I have a fantasy hockey team, and it's always fun having fantasy hockey teams when you don't really watch the sport. That was a fun draft, let me tell you. But I took. Panarin, the the guy the the Rangers signed because I had him a couple years ago. I didn't know who he was, mm-hmm. so he he's doing all right. He's doing all right. I made the mistake. I took um, what was the Devils goalie Blackwood. I I had him. Took him with a late round draft pick, and uh, boy did he suck his first game out. Yeah, Devils goaltending is probably their weakest spot. Yeah, I mean, I had heard good things about him last year. I think it was Joe and Evan were kind of talking him up a little bit. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take a chance here. Seven goals in his first game. Yeah, that was a good chance. Yeah, that didn't go too well. <laughs> yeah. But thankfully, it's uh, an 82-game season. You never know. <laughs> it is an 82-game season. That's true. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully whatever – Go ahead. Uh, like football, when your defense on the opening week gives up seven touchdowns, you're like, oh, crap, it's going to be a long year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, let's let's fold that into football now. I guess a good place to start. Cowboys lose against the Packers in Dallas. Aaron Jones, the running back, carves up the Cowboys defense for what was it? It Was it three or four touchdowns? Uh, four touchdowns because I also went against him in fantasy, so it was the double whammy of negativity. Yeah, apparently he just scored another touchdown as I was saying that. So yeah, yep, yep. And of course they lose the game. And all I heard Monday from Cowboy fans calling into Francesa was, uh, uh, "Is Garrett done after this season?" Which I, I think we can admit if the Cowboys doing don't do anything this year. He he's probably out after this season if they don't make a substantial run in the postseason. But I know Francesca was advocating that apparently they the Cowboys are so enamored with Dak Prescott and will do anything for Dak Prescott. They're seriously considering Kellen Moore as Jason Garrett's replacement. Do you hear this? Uh, I mean, it's a little 
I mean, we just, we've played five games, so I haven't really paid much attention to anything about coaching. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, Jerry. I, I also wouldn't blame the game on Garrett. I mean, I really wouldn't. Even the 15 yard misconduct penalty he got out and gave Dallas the first and 25, they gained 27 yards on the next play and it didn't even matter anymore. So, I mean, in all honesty, it's one of those things where, like, I don't blame that loss on Garrett or the coaching staff. I blame that loss on stupid penalties, the defense. Uh, I mean, the defense with the lack of tackling. I've never seen in the, what, 20 games, 21 games, or 23 games, whatever I've seen Van Der Esch play in. I've mm-hmm. never seen him look so bad trying to tackle somebody. Um, Byron Jones numerous times took bad angles. The referees were horrible, but that's for both teams. Uh, oh, yeah. That, that wasn't just, a, you know, being a biased Cowboy fan. The Packers had some calls on them that just made absolutely no sense. Um, Worst roughing the passer penalty I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I mean, he's starting to run. The, the defender's just trying to get a hand on him. He barely, I mean, yeah. what, na- slightly taps him on the head. I mean, yeah, that was mm-hmm. just a joke. I mean, these refs were horrible for both teams. They cost numerous yards. But Dallas, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of their penalties were self-inflicted. I mean, yeah, there's a couple that I don't agree with that were called on them. But that's every game. And if you can't accept that as a football fan, you probably shouldn't watch football, period. But. The refs were horrible for both teams. Uh, but Dallas, I mean, look, Dallas played New Orleans down to within a field, less than a field goal or within a field goal. They lose to Green Bay. I mean, Dak Prescott is, uh, what, what, what was the stat? He's four and three when he's scored over, I don't know, whatever it was, or thrown for over something. But all three of his losses are against Aaron Rodgers. Like, I mean, it's just – and Rodgers didn't even have that great of a game. I mean, it's really Green Bay's running game. And, uh, it, yeah, I mean, Green Bay came out and played a great game. And Dallas with the turn – I mean, to me, it went all downhill around that first interception that Cooper dropped. Um, I think the momentum really just swung. That was right after Dallas, you know, forced the three and out on Green Bay's opening drive. And, you know, they crossed the 50-yard line six times in the first half and then put a single point up on the board. I mean, I that it was execution. I, I I do not blame Garrett or the coaching staff for that game. I mean, yes, they influenced these players, but when it came down to it, those guys didn't perform when they got on the field. Yeah, I mean, when you when you look at the numbers too, I mean, Dak tied his career high with three interceptions, throwing the ball over all over the place though, four hundred sixty something yards. Amari Cooper, 11 catches for 226 yards, and Michael Gallup gets seven for 113. So it's like they had the opportunities. Yeah, it wasn't offense. That was a problem. And you got to keep in mind, when they made that run, that was during the second half when they were playing without Tyron Smith, who they started the game without, and then Collins went down. So they were playing with their backup left and right tackle and were able to move the ball the way they were able to move it. And that, I mean, I'm again. I'm not knocking the coaching staff, and um, it's on Dallas for self-inflicted wounds and some great play by Green Bay. I'm not. I can't take anything away from the way the way Green Bay played, especially in the first half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess we move on a little bit because, like this, this is bad and everything. They're playing the Jets this week. 
So I, it seems to be to me when the league, when any team in the league is really down on the luck, here here comes the Jets, and they're just going to blow them out because you saw what the Eagles did to them this week. So, and I know Darnold possibly going to be back this week. I'm sorry, they're still going to get blown out. I, I'm going to the game, so I hope so. Are you now? Wow, cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, what game do you want to talk about next? Because I can well, I go. Think your I can go with brings the... up an interesting point. Um, you know, and I'm actually writing back to him in the chat. Like mm-hmm. Green Bay's four and one, and Rodgers really has only had one really good game, and that was the game they lost. Uh, um, you know, he threw for over 400 yards. They moved the ball up and down the field. Like it was, uh, but they ended up losing that game. So I think it's like I, I think. Kind of what your cousin's saying is really true of that, you know, it's scary to think that Green Bay is actually has room for improvement in several areas. And it, one of them is Rogers playing better than he has. So, I mean, that that's – I mean, this defense, the way they're forcing turnovers, not just against Dallas, but uh, throughout this season so far, uh, that uh, could be a team to to really uh, <laughs> keep an eye on, I guess you'd say. Yeah, yeah, and he's saying discount double check right now. But I mean, we've seen this before. It's like um, the years where Rodgers did get off to a good start, and the, the team would st- still wind up being like three and four or something through seven games. So it's kind of nice to see the opposite happen this time around. I like Rodgers anyway. I've always liked Rodgers, so good for him. Glad things are working out, even when he's not going yet. But yeah, no, when they do get going, he's going to be—it's—it's it's going to be pretty scary. Yeah, uh, I guess mm-hmm. I'm—I guess it's good we got him out of the way now, and we're probably better off playing them in Green Bay than we are playing them in Dallas. He mm-hmm. owns us in, in AT and T Stadium. Yeah, here's one thing, and this will probably be the last thing on this, and then we'll move on. I like Stephen A. Smith to just fine. I'm sick of seeing him with these videos that he puts out whenever the Cowboys lose in a game like this. And he always says the same thing. All you Cowboy fans always wind up thinking that you're going to the Super Bowl. I see that. Dave, you and me are like lifelong Cowboy fans. We grew up in the 90s. We saw the championships. We've basically seen them turn into the New York Mets since those championships in the 90s. Do you ever feel like this team is winning a Super Bowl? Look, man, uh, if you t- if you go back to 07 when the Giants went on their run and won a Super Bowl, I, I, there's, that, that team started. I did not think that team could have won a Super Bowl. In 2011 yeah. when the Giants won a Super Bowl and they started the year 0-2, you never would have guessed they would have went on to win the Super Bowl. You, you look mm-hmm. at, you know, the Steelers and that lucky little tackle that Roethlisberger made after the fumble by Bettis, and then they go on to win a Super Bowl. I, I mean, it, when it's all said and done, do I think this team has enough talent to be consistently making the playoffs over the next couple of years? Yeah. yeah. And then when it comes down to it, you have, you have to get in the dance to make it and win it. So yeah. we've all seen teams that you don't expect to go and they go win it. You've seen teams that you thought were a lock and they lose it. There's, there's, so do I think they can? Yes, I definitely think they can. Will they? I, I mean, think okay. about it. Like four teams hold over half the Super Bowls in NFL history. 
Yes, yeah, that's true. And, and you know, that, we are and one Dallas of, is one of those four. <laughs> yeah, but here's here's the point I was making though. The cockiness that he accuses all Cowboy fans of having, they're thinking like you're gifted this Super Bowl run. Dude, I ain't ever going to believe the Cowboys are seriously going to win a Super Bowl until they can get out of the first and second round. I'm never going to do that because every time that they look like they have this team that could go all the way, here comes the second round of the playoffs and, oh, we're done. Season's over. I did just, and I know you don't have that cockiness either because we've talked about it over and over. I just, I, I, I don't like blanket statements that paint everyone in a certain group with this same brush. Because whereas the cow, cocky cowboy fans, like the cocky Yankee fans, may wind up being the loudest in the group, not everybody is like that. And I don't. I, I just. I will never like the way that he paints everybody who happens to be a Cowboy fan with the same brush. And that that's my whole thing on that. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's just how, I mean, A, that's how Stephen A is in general. Um, but also, I mean, secondly, I mean, how many times have me and you talked about Eagles fans are the worst? One of my closest friends is an Eagles fan. He's a good guy. He doesn't talk shit. He, like, yeah, he has fun mm-hmm. when they're playing really well. And, you know, when they suck, when they play like crap, he says they suck. Like he's, you know, he's not a mm-hmm. big talker even after they won the Super Bowl. It's not like he was calling me every 20 minutes to talk shit. Like I got one text message and that was that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And if there was any fan base that I did hate, that I did dislike that strongly outside of maybe Yankee fans, yes, it would be, it would be Philadelphia fans. Because not only do we have the, the the Cowboys and the Eagles, but for me being a Met fan, I you know the the the, the Philly fans, I can't stand them. But yeah, no, I, I agree with that point. I agree with that point. And obviously, you know, my cousin's a Yankee fan, and he's here every week, so obviously I don't hold it against him. So yeah, yeah. and I mean it's. It's just how sports are in general. You know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It's not really, if like you live out in like, I don't know, Idaho and you meet a Yankees fan, I guarantee you don't think the same way about Yankee fans as non Yankee fans in the tri state area. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely a different thing there. Hey, but anyway, moving on. So uh, Jay Gruden got fired. Monday morning, as I'm driving into work, I hear this one after the Redskins uh, were demolished by the New England Patriots. What'd you make of this whole situation? I I think you knew it was coming. Um, I mean, it's obviously become a little more rare to have coaches, or well, a little more frequent to see coaches get fired during the regular season, where mm. the old adage in football was you kept the, you kept that group together until the, the off season mainly just due to the fact that you didn't want to really deal with numerous, you know, coach changes in less than a calendar year. Um, but ownerships are more willing to do so. Uh, I think what's crazier to me is the fact that since Bruce Allen's bought the team, right? Bruce Allen's the one that owns the Redskins. No, it's Snyder who owns the team. Uh, Bruce Scott, Allen yeah. is yeah. Uh, Bruce I Allen guess. is the general manager, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So I think what, like, to me what's crazy is of all the coaches they've hired under Dan Snyder's tendency, 
Mm. Not a single one of them has a winning record. Mm. And Gruden's the one who's lasted the longest. And Gruden's the one that's lasted the longest. I guarantee you he has a job with his uh, with his dad, uh, right? John Gruden's his dad. I think they're brothers, actually. Are they brothers? All right. We'll say they're brothers. I don't know. They're family. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, I, I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a job. But here, like, I knew – I saw somebody tweet this. I just had to find it. So, Marty Schottenheimer went 8-8. Eight and eight. Steve mm-hmm. Spurrier, 12-20. and 20. Joe Gibbs, 30-34. and 34. Jim Zorn. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I forgot they had Jim Zorn as their head coach. 12-20. Yeah. Mike Shanahan, 24-40. and 40. And Jay Gruden, 35, 49, and 1. Like, wow. And Snyder bought the team, I think, in 95. Did you even put – I, I, I apologize if I missed it. Did you put Shanahan in that, too? Uh, yeah, I think Shanahan was in there. Yeah, Mike Shanahan, 24 and 40. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, all things considered, he didn't have a great record – I know Frances was saying this a couple weeks ago, and I kind of agree. It's definitely not a good record that he had, but he didn't have a terrible record. Like, he didn't have a Hugh Jackson-like record as a head coach. I mean, you think of the circumstances he had to deal with, just dealing with freaking Snyder on a daily basis. You know, they could have done a lot worse over the last five years. I guess so. Um, tw- uh, another tweet from a Re- uh, Josina Anderson posted this. Uh, okay. Reds- Redskins player to her on the coaching change. It was time. Too much laziness and stubborn shit going on around here. Folks not taking shit serious. Looking at Snapchat during practice. Come on now. You know who I'm talking about. Guys were talking uh, about it. We'll see how it goes. Like, I mean, you don't, like, we knew it was time, and I think everybody knew it was time, and it was coming. Um, but when things like that start to come out, that's when you really start to basically realize, like, even the players at that point were just like, yeah, we don't care. Yep. Yep. But let's get someone else's opinion on the situation, because he is here, ladies and gentlemen. Eric Tressler has arrived for the evening. Eric, how you doing? I'm all right. Uh, get sweaty. Let's go. Let's get sweaty. What do you What do you think about the uh, the Jay Gruden situation? That's what we're talking about now. He's gonna be a fire. We've been talking about this for weeks. Been on the hot seat. Could have went two weeks ago. Probably should have went before season. I don't think it's a surprise to anybody. Move on. Find another coach. The Snyder's got enough money. He'll pay somebody else. <laughs> Nice. And I will welcome uh, Pfeiffer just entered the chat room, ladies and gentlemen. So Eric Pfeiffer in the chat room. Shout out there. Um, What up, up, Eric? Hey, there you go. Oh, he left. He left just as quickly as he came in. Okay. Um, Well, if he's listening, by the way, he does a little uh, Facebook live thing with, uh, uh, you know, stardom, sit him, fancy football stuff. If you're ever uh, on the Facebooks and want to check it out. I try, yeah, I uh, I to, uh, to little Facebook live thing. Yeah, I try. I actually tried checking that out a couple of weeks ago. It seemed good. I just didn't have the time to really take the whole thing in. Uh, I was working this week, so I couldn't see it. But um, all right, I tell you what, Zenas, how you're here right now. You want to talk about your Giants this past week against the Vikings? No, it was as expected. It was a working QB. It's unexpected to win that game. We're we're fine. We're fine. 
I don't think they should rush Saquon back this week either. We know what the season is. I mean, they're playing on Thursday. I I didn't even know this was happening until this week. They're playing the Patriots on Thursday after this. Just this might be a stupid question, but I don't care. But why? Because it's two of the biggest markets the NFL have, and they the history of the Giants and Patriots. You're going to put it on a prime time slot, and they have other yeah, games they want to do for Sunday and Monday. Stuff. Yeah, but at the time that they made this schedule and they made this matchup, they knew the Giants were probably going to be in a rebuilding phase. So just why would you do this now? This is not going to be a good game, in my opinion. Not no like more the Eli night. versus Brady. Yeah, but Eli's not going to be playing. Yeah, right. okay. But they didn't no, fair know enough, that when they made the schedule. I mean, that's mm-hmm. I guarantee. I'm telling you, the whole point of this game being on a Thursday night is more for the nostalgia side of things than what the NFL expected when it came down to competitive side of things. Mm. And I just, I just want to respond because cousin David is saying that the Giants are one game behind Dallas. Think about that. I've thought about it. It's five games into the season. We're really going to pretend that means something right now? Like, does, they, does anybody think that really means anything right now? They're going to be two games behind after this week. Look, when it's all said and done, it, you never know where a season's going to go. So, yeah, when you're that close after five weeks, yeah, especially for a team that probably expected to be, what, one and four, oh and five? I mean, I guess that's fair. I guess, I guess if you need something to hold on to this season, sorry, Eric, but if you need something to hold on right now, hey, they were one game behind at one point. Good job. Good job. I don't think they're going to be far off. They're going to be a 7-9. They're going to be better than a 6-10 and 10 team. That's all I can say. Whether it's 500, whether it's 7-9, and nine, I don't know. I think the team's fighting harder under Daniel Jones. I think that he's going to progress a little bit. Yeah, I don't expect him to win this game. Yeah, I'm expecting him to be 2-4 and four after this point. But Dallas, after looking at what they've done, they don't look like world beaters. I'm not really worried about the Redskins. And, you know, yeah, Eagles look all right, but who knows what can happen there too. So I'm not giving up at this point in the season. Probably have more hope at this point in the season than I had going into the season. So we'll see what happens. But I still expect them to be better than a 6-10 and 10 team at the end of the day. I I think somewhere in the 6-10, and 7-9 ballpark is, is reasonable. But just – Unfortunately, well, and Eric over or under six and ten. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to say over. I'm going to say push. I'm going to say six and ten. What about you, Dave? Um, without knowing their entire schedule, but knowing that they have to. I mean, you got to keep in mind they still have the Jets and Miami on their schedule, so they'll probably beat both of them. So that's already four wins right there. Then they get to play against Redskins again. The Redskins again. So that could probably be a win. So that's five right there. They'll probably won't be able to beat Philly. They play home against Dallas with Dallas coming off of a bye. So you would assume if Dallas is still in pretty decent health, they should win that game. Um, I'm trying to think the NFC 
what is it, the NFC North? So they still have to play. Yeah, yeah so they probably play they Detroit. Have to play, they have to play Chicago, Green Bay, and Detroit. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say six and nine, or six and ten, seven and nine, right, where they'll end up falling. Um, but, I, they, I mean, what I'd be worried about if I'm a Giants fan is how they handle some of the injuries. Right now they're saying Ingram probably won't play Thursday, Barkley won't play, and Shepard's probably out. So mm-hmm. like, what I'm you know, worried they, about is you haven't you haven't told us are you over or under six and ten? Are you going to perch like Mike? If I'm setting the bar at six and ten, are you going over? You know what? I think Jones has uh, whatever you want to call it, moxie, heart. I don't care. I, I think he's got whatever you want to call it. So I'll, I'll give him the seven and nine. I'll take the over. Well, we'll see who's right on that at the end of the season. All right. Um, well, Eric, I tell you what, you just came here. Where, where would you like to go next? What would you like to talk about next? Um, probably, I know it's not Dave's favorite topic, but Yankees clinching and beating, sweeping the Twins. And really, I guess the angle I could bring up to Dave where I think that, you know, it could tie in everything. You don't even got no baseball to know this. But the Twins now, I believe, have the longest, consecutive playoff game losing streak in the four major sports history. I believe they just passed the Blackhawks who had a streak of 16 straight losses way back in like the twenties and thirties. I think, I think it's like 17 now, if I'm not mistaken, or they've tied that record of 16. What do you think of that? Because to lose 16 times and to have 14 of those straight times happen against the Yankees. How do you, how like is that isn't that pretty amazing? Like I don't know. Is it I, just I me? Mean, after being a you know Cowboys fan for you know thirty plus years, like and twenty plus years of basically average football with a couple good years. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Dallas is still only like six games over five hundred over the last twenty three seasons or something like that. So. Um, kind of relatable, but at the same time, you know, obviously it's completely different. The idea of like being able to make it there and not be able to get out of the first round, whatever that may be, um, no matter what the sport is. Um, I, 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 I couldn't imagine going through that as a fan. I'd rather my team continue to suck until they get enough good players that they can get out of that first round. <laughs> then to keep get then to keep getting there and just realizing, oh, right, this is where our season ends every year. So yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that's that might be a harder pill to swallow than the roller coaster ride of being an NFL fan. Well, here's an, here's another stat, Eric. I know you've heard this one in the last couple of days. Um, Thirty three teams have made the Major League Baseball postseason after winning a hundred games in the regular season, and the Twins are the first of those thirty three teams to see their season end by a sweep in the postseason. It's never happened before. I mean, they had great seasons. 101 wins. The well, here's the thing. record for home runs at 307. I mean, well, they, here's they a, had an here, amazing season. And to get swept, it is pretty wild. And that, that it keeps happening against the same team, the Yankees, is, is just as crazy. Because they just can't beat that team. That's the only team. That's the only team that's ever in front of them. And they just can't get past them. Not even one game. Well, I mean, here's the thing about that. You could say they had a great team, 
they played over 60 games against the White Sox, the Tigers, and um, who's the other team that sucks in the AL Central? I'm blanking on it. The right Indians now. didn't suck. The Indians. No, not the not the not the Indians. Who's the other one? The Royals. Yes, thank you. Royals, Tigers, White Sox. Two of those teams lost over 95 games. I believe the White Sox also lost 90 games. They kind of padded their stats off of those three teams, and it showed, in my opinion. When you go into the postseason, and your number two starter. You don't have confidence confidence in guys like Martin Perez or Kyle Gibson, who kind of carried you most of the season. And you have to start a rookie pitcher who I, I know got brought up a lot this weekend, who was riding, uh, who was an Uber driver six months ago. When you have to bring this guy in to start game two because you don't have confidence in the guys who helped get you there, sorry, you probably didn't deserve to be in the postseason after all. But uh, uh, we're going to cut this, sh- this part short here. Eric, my cousin's at it again, and I want your opinion on this because it's, it's the same thing as always. We know my cousin has aided Aaron Boone taking over for Girardi since the second Girardi got fired, he wanted Aaron Boone gone. So my cousin is now asking, if the Yankees don't make the World Series, does Aaron Boone get fired? No. No. Thank you. He's doing Thank you. The exact job that the Yankees front office wants him to do is managing this young ball club with very well. He's listening to the front office as far as the analytics go. The, the combination seems to be working. They've had two false seasons now, or two seasons in a row with over 100 wins. Um, I get it that practically any manager could step in and probably win 95 wins with this team every year the way it's constructed and the talent on it, but still, I, I don't see it as an Aaron Boone problem. But again, I think that the Yankee fans just remember the days of, oh, I'm one of them. I love Tory. I did. And, you know, but I, I wasn't a Girardi fan, really. I'll be honest. I wasn't a fan of him. I'm actually kind of a little bit more of a fan of the way Boone's style is right now, although I do for more of somebody who is actually an in-game manager. I don't love all the decisions he makes. He's making better postseason decisions this year than he made last year. So I see improvement in him. I don't think there's a reason to get rid of Boone if they lose a close series to the Astros. Even if they get blown out against the Astros. The Astros won more games this year. The Astros are a tremendous team with awesome pitching, and they're probably going to have to go five games with Tampa. The best-case scenario for the Yankees is to, have, is to have this go five games, have to have Verlander go longer, have to have uh, Cole pitch a second time already. Like, you know, it's those, those are the things that are going to matter from the next round where the Yankees already passed that. So, I don't know. I'm just uh, so excited for October baseball. I mean, to me, what I saw out of Aaron Boone this year validated why Cashman picked him to be Yankee manager in the first place. I feel like he really ascended to that position this year. And even if you don't like all of his in-game moves, because you're never going to like all the in-game moves a manager makes. It doesn't matter who the manager is. The fire that I saw out of him, you don't have to like the fact that they were always fighting with with the umpires and everything, but the fact that he's willing to back up his guys like that, 
and show that fire and intensity. It, I'm not comparing him to guys like Billy Martin or Lou Pinella or anything like that, but that's the same fire those guys had, and those guys are some revered managers throughout baseball history, in my opinion. And the fact that they were able to navigate through the myriad of injuries they had this season, and the Yankee teams don't run themselves. That's a fallacy. And I think, Eric, even you can agree with that. There always has to be someone to tie it all together, whether it's Torrey, whether it's Girardi. Before that, whether it was Billy Martin, Casey Stangle, you can go back. Somebody yeah, always ties to stuff Girardi. together. Yeah, I think this year the the rallying cry is Gardner. I think that that whole the, the bat against the uh, dugout mm-hmm. is, is the calling card of this season? Well, I think him. I think had made up for the playoffs. If it seemed like the other things, like I feel like the team's rallying around him even more than CC at this point. Um, well, I think I, I make the ALDS roster. So I mean, I just really yeah. feel like this is this is Gardner's year to have that rallying cry, have that team be, you know, have him be that driving force, that veteran, that that leader. This year, I think, I don't know, as much as I'm not a big Gardner fan, he seems to be playing that role right now. Well, and they're all well, following, I, so. I, I'd also say, and we, we, need to, we need to cut this off because we only got about five minutes left. I, I don't, I, I'd say even more than that, I think the rallying cry was when that audio came out of uh, Girardi screaming, or excuse me, Moon screaming at the umpire, my guys are savages. I think they got behind that. And you look yeah, at what they do. Yeah, no, so I def- I think that, and I agree with you on the Gardner thing, because uh, the, that was messed up. I didn't like the way the umpires handled that situation, because he did nothing wrong to get thrown out of that game, in my opinion. But the Savages thing before that, I think even more so, that, that I think is what they rallied behind. And, you know, he's done everything you would want a Yankee manager to do, in my opinion. So, okay, with that, we got... A little less than five minutes left here. Dave, you weren't with us for the picks last week, but let's make some picks this week. Let's do our three games. Let's get this done here. Um, let's see here. One out, there's one jumping right off the screen, punching me in the face. Well, don't want to punch you in the face, but yeah, go ahead. Washington at Miami, Battle of the Craft Fest. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. One second. One second. He's said this two years ago, and I thought he was dumb for saying it then. He, he would literally take Mickey Calloway over Aaron Boone as a, as a, as a manager. Would he take Wally Backman? Uh, he might. He might. He hates Boone that You're much. And no, I'm not. And no, I'm not. No, I'm not. He's lost all <laughs> sense of he's lost all sense of, of of rationale here by saying that he has no idea what he's saying. No idea what he's saying. So I apologize. Like but no idea how to play football, though, in Washington and Miami. And I need some picks out of you guys because this is, this is, what is such it? a shitty game that I don't even know if Red Zone should cover it. Washington and Miami, you said? Yeah, Washington right. at Miami. 0-5 Washington at 0-4 Miami. I'm going to say Washington on that one just because they got the new coach. Who's home? Miami. Uh, oh, Washington uh, is favored by three and a half. Washington's favored too. Yeah, uh, imagine not. Oh, uh, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm gonna go Miami. 
All right, so Dave goes I'm going Miami. Miami at home as well. I'm going. I'm going with uh, the toilet bowl takes it at home. Miami. <laughs> the toilet bowl. Dolphins. Right. Yeah, the Dolphins. Give them the All right. All right. Uh, I tell you what. Here's a good one. San Francisco taking on the Rams in Los Angeles. Who you guys got? I'm going to take the Rams. I think San Francisco uh, has been the benefit of playing some pretty bad teams and a Cleveland team that just doesn't know who the hell they are. Mm, fair I'm enough. Gonna go, I'm going to go with Dave. I'm going to say the Rams at home. They're due for a bounce back. San Fran's due for a letdown. It's a nice start, but, but the Rams at home. Yeah, I got, I got to go with the Rams on that one. I like what San Francisco's done this year, but in Los Angeles, I would go with the Rams on that one too. Uh, here's one that should be good. Philadelphia going into Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Who you guys got? Ooh. God, Eric, I'll let you go first on this one. (laughs) Team searching for an identity. I think that's Minnesota in a nutshell, too. So give me Philly on the road in Minnesota to pull out a win. I think they're just a little more together right now. And, uh, yes. All right, Dave. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with how healthy Philly is. I don't know, you know, what if uh, Deshaun's coming back. I think he's going to still miss another week. Uh, I think Philly rather bring him back and know that they'll have him playing against Dallas on Sunday night the following week. Um, so I'm going to – I'm going to take Minnesota. I think Minnesota's going to be able to move the ball, and I think it'll be a shootout, but I'll take Minnesota. Yeah, I'm going to take Minnesota, too. I think Philadelphia had a really good game against the Jets last week, but uh, I just don't think they're going to be able to carry that over. All right, we got a minute left here. So I think that is going to do it for us here tonight. As always, I thank both of you guys for joining me here tonight. Dave, you need to see Joker this weekend so we can talk about it next week. Let's do some goodbyes here very quickly while we got a minute left. Eric Tressler, last words. Space ready. Let's go, Yanks. Watch college football. Check out Fife Show on Facebook. I think it's him and his buddy Chad. It's Eric Pfeiffer. Give him a shout-out. Why not? Shout-out to Fife. Absolutely. All right, Dave Hastings. I just want to – hey, shout-out to The Rock uh, making an appearance this past Friday. I thought that was awesome getting to watch him. Oh, yeah. That that was cool. That was was very nostalgic, to say the least. Um, and I'm talking college football. I'm excited for the Red River rivalry, Texas, Oklahoma. I think what Hertz is doing with Oklahoma is just mind blowing. Um, and I'm looking forward to watching that game on Saturday. Other than that, love being here. Thanks for having me. Sorry I missed last week and look forward to seeing mm. talking to you guys next week. Watch AEW Dynamite on TNT on Wednesday nights. The first time wrestling has been on TNT since 2001, so enjoy that. Thank you, everybody, for listening. A thank you to Dave Hastings and Eric Trussell for being here tonight. I am your host, Mike Aglia-Loro, and we will see you all next week.